0: Today on CityCast Denver. This weekend, Denverites got to enjoy sports together again. Even somebody's cat got to join in on the fun.
1: Check this out. <laughs> A.J. Pollock is going Belanger's to get it. afraid of cats. Oh, boy.
0: The Rockies won, and then they lost, and then they lost again. But the Avalanche won twice, and the Nuggets traded for a bunch of new players last week, and they're looking pretty great, too. Lover
1: pass to Jokic. Pretends to shoot the three. Finds an open. Gordon inside counted.
0: Game on, Denver. Today is Monday, April 5th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. It's supposed to reach 80 degrees today, which means I'll be walking my dog Boomhauer after the sun goes down. In Please Keep Wearing Your Mask news, Governor Polis has extended Colorado's mask mandate for most counties through May. This includes Denver, so keep covering your nose and mouth, people. Still looking for a vaccine appointment? Denver's major COVID-19 vaccination site at Ball Arena is now open, offering drive through vaccinations Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. One of the owners of the Denver Beer Company has launched a GoFundMe to purchase the Rockies for a mere $1 billion. It's a fan protest, but it's all in good fun. They say they're going to donate all the money they raise to various charity groups supporting restaurant workers. We're going to talk to Jake Shapiro today, who bleeds sports.
2: And my dad... May 3rd, 1995, was at a Chicago Blackhawks playoff game and rushed from the, from the game to the hospital to be at my birth. I should have worn the hat that he was wearing, but I still wear it all the time.
0: Jay covered the Rockies for six seasons. He's since moved on to report breaking news for the Denver Post, but he's still the biggest baseball fan we know. He's going to give us some literal inside baseball on the Rockies' lackluster opening weekend, their future, and their changing downtown neighborhood. So, Jake, what's the prognosis for the Rockies this year?
2: The Rockies won their opening day, which is a really fun thing and a big deal. It's probably the only time this season that they're going to be above 500, which in baseball means that you've won more games than you've lost. Um, The Rockies are going to be very bad this year. And basically this offseason, they traded their best player, Nolan Arenado, to the St. Louis Cardinals with $50 million to get rid of him. Which is Um, crazy. Yeah, it's insane, and they really didn't get much back, Uh, so they're kind of right in the start of what is a teardown and a rebuild off of these couple playoff runs they had a couple years ago, but they're unwilling to admit it, and it's been the same owner for years and years. And of course there's really annoyances with the fans and the owner, because you look at the team on the field and it's really not going to be anywhere near competitive with the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Diego Padres, who've gotten really good, two teams in their division. And across the street is this beautiful multi-million, hundred million dollar building that they're building with hotels and bars and whatever. And, The last time they did this 10 years ago is when they rebuilt Coors Field with a rooftop. And of course, they say that the money is not connected and blah, blah, blah. But some of the things we've heard is that maybe the construction loans with the pandemic haven't worked out, so Uh... they needed to get some money. And I'm not really sure how construction loans work. I'm a baseball guy, Uh, (laughs) so uh, I can't verify any of that. But what I can say is, obviously the pandemic was very, very hard on the Rockies. They're one of the biggest attended teams every single year in baseball because core Field is beautiful. And it even is. if you hate the team, you're still going to go.
0: It's a fun venue. Yeah. It's,
2: it's the best bar in Denver. It really is like, um, and, So people will show up no matter what, and they know this, so it doesn't really matter about the level of play on the field. They don't have that good of a TV contract, so it really doesn't matter what they put on the field in terms of Uh, how many wins they get. So there's a level of apathy with the ownership group, even though they say they want to win, about whether they really even need to win to make that level of money. And last year during the pandemic, all the owners met, and ESPN reported that Dick Monfort, the owner of the Rockies, was the only owner that – vocally pushed for them to not play the season at all saying that they would lose more money than they would make so the rockies are operating on a very thin margin apparently speaking of
0: owner and manager relationships of the rockies with fans there have been a lot of fire jeff bright at shirts and shirts alluding to owner dick monfort's maybe mismanagement or ownership of the team and can you talk a little bit about what those shirts mean
2: so, Jeff Breidich is in year six or seven, maybe eight, of being the general manager of the Colorado Rockies and the de facto club president. So, he basically runs all the baseball operations for the Colorado Rockies. And the Rockies got really good um, a few years ago. Um, so, the Rockies are a very, very loyal organization. Jeff Breidich has absolutely I'm going to use the word just pissed away this team. And this is from a source that I'm very close to in major league baseball. He said that the Rockies had a chance to have a long-term window of sustainability and playoff competitiveness where they're looking at playoffs all the time, led by Nolan Arenado and these young pitchers, Kyle Freeland, John Gray, and Herman Marquez, who are very spectacular young pitchers, maybe the three best pitchers they've had all together at one time that are young and controllable. They pissed that away, according to him, because they went out and spent about $250 million, the same amount they spent on Nolan Arenado's contract, on free agents that basically produced less than you would get from the average rookie. They were terrible. And there was one in particular, Ian Desmond, who ended up making about $80 million, $70 million, who was quite arguably the worst player in baseball for three years of his five-year contract.
0: And then one last thing I have to ask you about was there was an uninvited guest on Coors Field on the field the other night for a four-legged special guest. Did you catch that?
2: Yeah, I was uh, so the Rockies had a really good player in the 90s. His name was Andre Scalaraga. They called yes. him the big cat. They called him the big cat. That was the small cat. <laughs> That's a good way to
0: look at it. Well, Jake Shapiro, thanks for giving us a rundown on the Rockies.
2: Yeah, we'll see you soon. Yep, thanks for having me.
0: This past weekend, for the first time in more than a year, Denver hockey fans were able to buy tickets and cheer on their beloved avalanche in person at Ball Arena, up to 4,050 of them. But the team is going to look a little different than they did before the pandemic. My producer, Paul Caroli, won't stop talking about these jerseys, so I guess now's the time. Paul? Paul?
1: Thank you, Bree. Really appreciate the opportunity. Let me take you back to last year. The National Hockey League and Adidas announced a new line of uniforms. Throwbacks, but with a modern twist. They called them reverse retros. In case you're wondering about the uniforms, reverse retro uniforms, which every team has this year. And the Avalanche wore theirs for the first time on February 20th at an outdoor game in Lake Tahoe against the Vegas Golden Knights. And a little homage to the Quebec Nordiques with the uniform for the Colorado Avalanche. We are underway. Yeah, I really want you to see these uniforms. Uh, I'm going to send you a link. And can you just describe? Can you just describe what you see?
0: Ooh, it's kind of 70s. And then there's what is that? It's like the. It's like an N. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an N with a hockey stick.
1: Yeah, it's an N with a hockey stick. It's also sort of an igloo, I think.
0: Oh. And then there's, at the bottom, there's these symbols. They are, I know they're called the fleur-de-lis, but I don't know anything about them. And I feel very American when I say, I know this pattern from wallpaper. <laughs> so.
1: Yes. And uh, and that's something listeners should know. I am not fully American. Uh, so I have a slightly different perspective on this. My family's Canadian, Western Canadian to be specific. And so for me, these icons, these symbols, this design, it it points to this really deep-seated conflict in Canada that's been around for hundreds of years.
3: Oh, there you now are. you can. Hi. <laughs> How are I'm you doing? I'm good. Long time no see. Great to see you.
1: This is Louis Gagnon. He's one of my dad's best friends and he's a proud French-Canadian. I called him up because I thought if we Coloradans are going to be buying all this reverse retro merch and wearing these symbols, we should probably understand where they came from.
3: French-Canadians are a, a people who have had a difficult history. And um, they, they were so... they were. They felt very much so uh, like like second-class citizens, right? After the conquest in 1759.
1: Pretty much since the idea of Canada existed, this power dynamic has been part of how the country works. And sometimes it doesn't work at all. It's two distinctly different cultures with different languages and different histories, sharing resources, power, and hockey.
3: It always made sense to me to have an NHL team in Quebec City because in, in our collective minds, we French Canadians, uh, hockey is our sport. And all the big legends. Maurice Richard, Guy Lafleur. Uh, yeah, Jean Béliveau. I mean, all of them, right? And, and, you know, Patrick Roy, the greatest goaltender in the, on earth, really. And so, uh, you know, so, so it was the sport that enabled us to shine.
1: The Quebec Nordiques played in the NHL for 16 seasons. The team was never that great but their powder blue uniforms with the fleur-de-lis and the weird igloo N thing, the mere fact that they were in the game was something the people of Quebec City could be
3: proud of. And so when they were s- stripped away from Quebec City in 95, that really hurt. I don't think I ever recovered from that. I don't know that anybody has, right? It's a, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a permanent state of mourning in a way.
1: Just as they were finally getting some good players together, The franchise formerly known as the Quebec Nordiques went on to win the Stanley Cup in their first year wearing the burgundy and blue as the Colorado Avalanche. In the 25 years since the people of Quebec have rallied together on multiple occasions to petition the league for a new franchise for a return of the Nordiques. But time and again. The league bosses said no.
3: And, um, and 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 I'm still hoping, hoping, hoping that Quebec City will get a team again. People love hockey so much there. It's just not right for them to be deprived of a, of, a, of a team.
1: I'd like to send you a link to look at the new uniforms that the Avalanche have been wearing this year. And just get your reaction to this design.
3: Okay. All right. Okay, let me just see. I'm just okay. Oh gosh! Wow! Are they going to be wearing this for a while? I
1: it's I th- I'm not sure what the long term plans are, but I know that the sales have been very very strong.
3: This is this is this is moving. This is this is. This is moving. It's a, it's a, it's a great honor. Uh, I'm sure that people in Quebec City are uh, emotional. Let me see that uh, I, I think it's think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. Uh, I think it's, beautiful. It, it, it's painful to be reminded that this team is gone, of course, but this is, this is, this has got to go to people's hearts, for sure, no question.
1: So what do you think, Bree? Is the Colorado Avalanche just another native versus transplant story?
0: Well, in my understanding of sports, now that I'm a sports person, because I started watching the Nuggets all of last year, um, Mm -hmm. I understand that franchises move around the country as well as move, obviously, into Canada. And it's just so interesting to me because there is an identity that we form with our sports teams in a city and how quickly those can move to somewhere else mm. is, is strange to me. Like I I would be – I don't know how I would feel if the Nuggets or the Broncos were transported to somewhere else and became someone else's team. So I can absolutely see how the people of Quebec City are like, hey, can we have our team back? Like This is super unfair.
1: Thanks for the time, Bree.
0: Thanks, Paul. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our amazing morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Secret Canadian, man. (laughs) Ha 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 ha.